Oh snap, y'all. We back, we back, we back. We back, we back, we back, we back. You got the show. I'm doing too much shine. I'm trying to bring us in the right way, but I'm doing too much with the soundboard right now. Man, I'm over there watching, trying to learn something. (laughs) It's like playing a game, you know, just press the button. Boom. Thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. Ish Andre, owner of KLE Creations, young entrepreneur, and I'm sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend, financial professional with years of experience and knowing how to make money, manage money, and make your money, make money for you. Shyon Simmons, everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Here's Shyon Simmons. I got Sense Investment Advisor, a.k.a. DJ Dividends. Uh, we back at it again in the lab. You already know what it is, y'all. Maybe if you don't, let me tell you a little something about what it is. What is it? Well, we are the I Got Sense podcast. And what is I Got Sense? It's a perspective. It's a comprehension. Rewind. Let me stop playing around. Man, you sound more (laughs) hip hop today. I do, man. I do. That's because I'm all slouched in a chair. You know, I'm real comfy. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with that. He like, ain't nothing wrong with that, but I'm gonna need you to get it together now. We still hey, got a podcast to do. Hey, you the producer. <laughs> what what are you, an engineer, producer? And I wear many hats. You wear many, you do it all. I wear many hats, you know. Yeah, I don't I'm not gonna complain because I don't know how to do none of that stuff you're doing <laughs> over there, man. I'm just sitting over here with a microphone in my face, and all I have to do is talk. DJ Dividends. D- That's who you is. DJ Dividends, hey, baby. There it is. So what is the I got sense mantra? model what is i got sense essentially let me try this again y'all i got sense is a perspective it is a comprehensive approach to teaching financial literacy the logical way the fundamentals of financial literacy so individuals know better understand how to leverage their money and position themselves to facilitate group economic power to sum it up we're here to I don't like that little guy. Like you can hear me breathing. To sum it up though, we're here to teach you how to make money, manage money, and make your money make money for you. Man, you sound good over there. You know, I had to clean it up a little bit. <laughs> you sound good. Go ahead and do your thing. What are we talking about today? Well, we're continuing our series, Understanding the Fine Print. It's a comparative analysis series. And today's topic, we're going to go ahead and dive into 401ks. If you're with this last episode, episode 16, we discussed mutual funds versus stocks and ETFs. And we mm-hmm. touched a little bit about, or we touched on a 401k for a little bit, but today we're going to dive into the fine print of the 401k. So with that being started, with that being stated, Man, I'm all off. I'm all. Man, what's wrong? I'm all today? over the board today, huh? You had too much honest tea. I did that honest tea. <laughs> or honestly, a, I might have had too much honest tea. Was that a Long Island iced tea? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it, huh? <laughs> oh man, let me get it together. All right, let's you go. You good to go? Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Uh, so, Shine, what is a 401k? Honestly. A 401k is an employer-sponsored uh, retirement plan. And uh, in that last episode, um, when we were talking about the uh, mutual f- uh, mutual funds versus mm-hmm. stocks and ETFs, um, you posed a question about uh, qualified versus uh, non-qualified investment plans. And so the 401k, that falls under the uh, qualified plan. And all a qualified plan means that uh, uh, it's a... 
um, specific uh, investment that is designated for retirement um, and recognized by the IRS so that um, you don't have to pay pre-taxes on it. And um, whatever amount of money you can grow out of that 401k plan is not taxed until you retire. Mm. So the caveat to it is, is you're not supposed to bother the money until you're 59 and a half years old. That sounds like a long time. 59 and a half, that's not a long time, man. You think about it, you getting to the working field by 18, you got to wait until 59 and a half to touch your money? Uh, You know, there are some special uh, circumstances where you can get loans on it. I'm, You know, I, <laughs> I highly advise against that. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, considering uh, we all need to get in the workforce and yeah. uh, um, contribute to society. Yeah, contribute to society. And, and we're probably going to be out there working for anywhere from uh, 25 to 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think 59, uh, 59 and a half is a long time. That's that, that's a great opportunity for you to grow your money. And if you uh, get the right type of career, if you get the right type of 401k plan, if you have an employer um, that is uh, diligent in doing their part and doing the employer match, you should be able to substantially grow your 401k plan um, over that time that you're working your career. That right there was a test. I was playing devil's advocate and being one of those young kids that want that fast money. Well, you know, I was telling you that's a long time. I ain't trying to well, wait let that me, long. Let, let's uh, let's put a uh, spin on this here for you, since you're from the younger generation, mm-hmm. because uh, us folks that were born probably before 1978, um, we all uh, subscribed to a whole different American dream, mm-hmm. and um, our idea was to uh, you know keep our nose clean, graduate high school, uh, go to college. Um, you know, uh, you know, marry our high school sweetheart, um, get a house, um, you know, a dog, two kids, a white fence, um, and uh, you know, work the same job in our same community um, until we're 59, 60 years old, then retire and get a watch. And that dream died a long time ago. Yeah, I was gonna say part of that dream is right for us. You know, <laughs> yeah, that 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 doesn't exist anymore. And so, uh, uh, even in my profession as a financial professional, um, by the time um, I got to around nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. It was the kiss of death for you to stay at one firm longer than uh, five years. Mm. So um, nowadays, uh, in the new era, um, the expectation is is that uh, no one will be on uh, any one job uh, longer than two to three years. Everybody is constantly uh, moving and uh, jumping around in this uh, globalization age. Everybody want to find their best opportunity. That's what it sounds yeah, like. So, and you best know, bang for the buck. Yeah, everybody's getting a little bit more hipper and they're understanding and no one's, uh, you know, like I said, subscribing to that, uh, putting in uh, 30 or 40 years with one employer um, mm-hmm. all their career. So that, that doesn't exist anymore. So I would imagine to someone uh, your age, 59 and a half uh, is a long time away. But it'll get here sooner than we know it. Man, who you telling? Who what? you telling? <laughs> Man. You see me sitting did over I, here with this gray. Yeah, I was about to say, did I just strike a nerve oh, with you? Oh, bro, this gray. <laughs> My elbows and knees aching. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, when we finish this podcast, I'm probably going to go home and just take two Tylenols and sit right on top of my feet. <laughs> 
fucking. You got the show. Oh man, show. you cutting up. Bro, that age gonna come up on you fast. So don't uh don't be talking about fifty nine and a half is a, a long ways from here. Hey, I didn't say it was a bad thing. I was just saying it's it's you know in terms of talking about money and wealth, it seemed like yeah. a, like a little bit ways away. Man, it's a beautiful thing growing old. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, uh, one of my favorite videos on TikTok is uh. Now that I'm an adult, I can do adult things and I got adult money. And now that I got adult money, I can go buy a lot of them things I wanted to buy when I was a kid. Like maybe three PlayStations for no reason, three flat screens for no reason. But I wouldn't do that. That's not me. I don't like to just spend my money frivolously like that. That's understandable. And uh, the older you get like me, um, you start reminiscing and uh, re- wishing that uh, you were still 14 and all the responsibilities you had was to just do your homework and take the trash out. <laughs> that sounds like a interesting perspective there. Yeah. I haven't quite got there. Those um, were some good old days, man. When you caring to all the folks that I'm caring. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> and, and, and when you managing the businesses I'm at, man, sometimes I just need a getaway. To you whom know what I'm saying? much is given. Man, who you Much is expected. Man, this crown heavy over here, man. And I be just wanting to break sometimes. Heavy is the head that yeah. wears the crown. But but hey, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and I'm blessed to be in this position here, so I'm not gonna complain. Blessings upon thee. And no, I'm just playing. I was <laughs> <laughs> trying to get all philosophical on y'all today, huh? Man, we need to get philosophical about this 401k plan we supposed to be talking about. So what 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 do we want to know specifically about this 401k plan beyond it uh, being um, a qualified um, investment account. So you had a made a good point how people don't typically stay at companies for longer than two to three years nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, question, is it possible to, let's say you start investing at company A in your 401k and you move to company B? How does that process look as far as transferring over the 401k? Is that a possibility? Um, what are some options there? Uh, you basically have uh, three options. Mm-hmm. Um, the first option is when you leave company A, you can cash out. Mm. Not a good idea. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, the second option you have. Could I, is, could, I, could I interject there? Yes, sir. I did that uh, the very first company I worked for, but I was only there for about like a year. So well, it wasn't much in there, but it was, I cashed out. Yeah, you shouldn't have cashed out. <laughs> Let's just chalk it up to the game that you didn't know any better. I did not know yeah, no better. This was before I knew you. Yeah, you you cashed out. So that means uh, sometimes around uh, late January that next year, you got a 1099 saying that uh, you need to claim this as ordinary income yeah. um, on your taxes. And when your tax person did your taxes, um, not only did you have to pay the 10% taxes on the money that you cashed out, you had to pay another 10% pen- penalty for taking it out before 59 and a half, right? I wish I had that one, 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 because that's for sure what happened. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. So that's option one. That's why um, I don't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Option two is you can uh, set up a traditional IRA account. And an IRA account is similar to an employer-sponsored 401k plan, except that it is not sponsored by an employee. It's something that you as an individual go out and do. And I would imagine a lot of the young folks um, that are in the generations behind me, um, since you all move from job to job more frequently, and also you all tend 
begin to have jobs that don't pay any benefits at all, um, this would be a viable option. For He's you talking all. about us, y'all. He's talking about us. Yes, sir. So that's option two. Option three is, and I think option three is the best option for you when you get to your uh, new employer. Check into the, uh, their 401k plan. See how soon you're um, eligible for it. And if you're eligible to set up a 401k plan with your new employer, I would recommend you do that right away and then go back to your previous employer and work with that administrator and get them in contact with the administrator at your new job and just have them roll over your 401k plan from that old job to your new job. And then you just keep it going like that. Sounds like a tidbit of great advice to me. My next question, I've heard about this concept of investment years as well mm -hmm. as uh, employer matches. Can you talk a bit, talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So now typically uh, when you uh, start working for an employer, um, you usually don't um, have the opportunity to sign up for the 401k plan right away. Um, they typically make you work there uh, for a certain amount of period. Like 90 days or something to Yeah, prove 90 yourself. days, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it can be a whole year. It really oh, depends on the employer. Mm -hmm. um, but once you do get into the uh, 401k plan, um, of course, it's employee um, um, funded. So you have to um, uh, allocate so much of your gross pay to go into that 401k. You familiar with that part, right? Mm -hmm. And then to incentivize you even further, um, the employers sometimes offer uh, a match. You know, in the good old days, it used to be dollar for dollar. Over time, I've seen that dollar for dollar dwindle down like to 50 percent, 50, you know, your 50 cents on the dollar. The employee would match for every dollar you put in. Mm -hmm. There are some companies where the employers don't do any match at all. Um, but Ideally, you would expect to be incentivized by uh, the employer saying, if you put so much in, we'll match. That match is free money. Now, once that employer starts matching you with that free money, what they do is they um, uh, put in a scale in there for vesting. So um, what I mean by that is, is you start the 401k plan and everything that the employer has matched, if you leave after one year, um, you can only take 20% of that amount that the employer put in there with you. You get to take all of your uh, money that you uh, contributed as an employee, mm -hmm. but the portion that your employer matched, you only get to take 20 percent of that amount with you. So remember I was talking about you can move it over into a traditional IRA mm -hmm. or you can set up a 401k plan with your new employee and just roll it over into that. When that rolls over, if you've only worked for that employer and been in that 401k plan for one year, you vest 20% of what the employer matched. Mm -hmm. And then um, after that first year, it scales up 20% each year for the next four years until you get to 100%. So in essence, you have to be uh, in that 401k plan with the employer for five years to get the full 100% vestment of what the employer put in there. So that would be 20% at the end of the first year, 40% at the end of the second, 60 at the end of the third, 80 at the end of uh, the fourth. And then once you've uh, been in the 401k plan for a full five years, if you leave after that, and you move your 401k money over or you cash it out, um, you get to take 100% uh, of not only what you put in there, but what the employee also put in there. Did I explain that clearly? Yes, you did. Thank you okay. for that. My next question, 
we talking about risk when it comes to 401k, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about this high versus low risk. And okay. when should we invest in either one of those options? Okay, so... Did I ask that properly? Yeah, I understand exactly okay. what you're asking. So when you are doing uh, an investment in your 401k plan, we've already established that it's qualified, right? Right. And now that it's qualified- Qualified meaning, meaning it's a retirement plan. It's a retirement mm-hmm. plan, and I you're not you. supposed to bother it before 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. And when you start going in to take a look at- how to invest the money that you're putting in there and what the employee is matching, you typically have a menu option. And on that menu option, you have somewhere between, I would say, four to about 12 different investment options you have. Um, Between that um, list of investments you have, you're going to have a portion of them that's going to be what we consider the... Government back, so mm-hmm. you know it'll be like a money market, like a FDA, a FDIC insured product. No, uh, no loss on your principal, uh, so no downside loss. But the growth amount on it is only going to be about two percent. Um, a portion of those investment options you have are going to be low risk. You know those might be bonds, um, CDs, things of that nature. Um, and those are going to earn you somewhere uh, between two to four percent. And then you're going to uh, when you start looking at the other investment options, you're going to have some moderately um, um, high, uh, some moderately risk uh, investments. And then you're going to have some high risk investments. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically what I advise my clients and uh, even clients that come to me to set up uh, non-qualified investments, I always talk to them about their qualified investment and then I offer to take a look at them. Um, I always advise that the younger you are, um, the higher your um, um, investment risk should be. So if you're in your 20s and 30s and we take a look at all of the investment options your 401k plan offers, I uh, advise my clients put 100% of your money in the high risk stuff and leave it there until you get to age 40. Once you get to age 40, then we can go back and take a look to see how it is performed. The reason I'm aggressive like that is, is because you're young. You can't bother the money until you're 59 and a half anyway. So you coming in saying the stock market is a scam or I don't have a tolerance for it. Even if the stock market goes up and down, um, you still have a lot of time left to recoup that money. Just like I told all the folks uh, who uh, rushed out and cashed out their 401ks in March of this year, Mm -hmm. 2020. All those folks saw the market go down overnight. They cashed out because they panicked. And then uh, 10 minutes later, the market came right back up. And the market going down is only them saying, look, everything is on sale. Exactly. That's the time you should be buying more. 75% off. Exactly. (laughs) Instead of you rushing out, you should be rushing in and trying to get more, putting as much in there as you can because now you're getting everything, like you said, um, for a 75% discount. But we typically don't know enough about the stock market or we're so intimidated by it that we tend to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. When the market goes down, we panic and we sell at a discount 
And then when it goes back up, we rush back over in and then we try to buy when everything is overpriced. And, you know, I think the fear factor in that equation, Sean, comes from not having, uh, you know, those safety net, safety egg accounts or safety nest accounts yeah, the, separate you, from you, your investment account. You're talking you about that financial foundation exactly, that I always talk about. Exactly. Yes. If you if you had that. uh uh, the $2,000 worth of savings if you had 6 to 12 uh, time, uh, uh, 6 to uh, what is it 6 to uh, 12 times your monthly income mm-hmm. if you had all of those things in place then you wouldn't be panicking when you hear this crazy news going on in the stock market because yep. we all know the market is going to go up it's going to go down every 8 to 15 years something drastic is going to change yeah. um, in the market where it's going to drastically drastically drop down. But overall, uh, since the stock market began way back 253 years ago, mm-hmm. the stock market is going to average seven to nine percent. So there's really no need to panic. And if you're young and you're in a 401k plan, like I said, go get in all the high risk stuff up until age 40. Once you get to age 40, then let's take a look at it. If your stomach is feeling a little queasy and you don't feel good about it, okay, let's do a reallocation now. Mm-hmm. Let's move uh, uh, 40% of that 401k plan stuff over into some low-risk stuff and maybe leave 60% over in the high-risk. Now, now, before you go any further, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to ask you this question. You know, you spoke, you spoke about those who are younger. Mm-hmm. And you talked about maybe those who are, let's say they're mid mid age before they start to get to those later on years um, approaching retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, my direct question is for those who are nearing retirement. What advice do you have for them in regards to their 401k, how to move their money? Um, should they, you know, just just wait until retirement? What what how should they move? If you are within four to five years of your retirement date. With the first thing being, you have to have identified your retirement date. Mm -hmm. So if you're within four to five years of that, at the fifth year, I would say reallocate your investment portfolio so that 75% of your 401k plan is in low risk or FDIC insured products like mutual funds and CDs so that you have downside protection. So now, no matter what happens in the stock market, 75% of your investment isn't going anywhere at all. And now only 25% of it is exposed. And then over the course of the next four years, now you can continue to scale back and move 5% each year so that when you get within one year of retirement, you have 95% of your money moved over into uh, downside protected investments or very low risk uh, investments. And then you only have 5% exposed to the market. Is that making sense what I'm saying? Yeah. And it sounds like the only con there really would be because you're moving that into a less volatile, high risk um, options. You also losing out on the potential earnings should those higher risk, more volatile options Still that where is your money's going. That is correct, but, uh, but since you're so worried about it, you're not losing sleep at night, right? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that, there's a trade-off. So if you um, uh, know you're um, um, approaching retirement and it's coming very fast, mm-hmm. you want to transition 
um, out of that high risk stuff, um, out of all of those volatile things, and then you want to move into, like I said, the low risk stuff. Absolutely. The stuff that has complete downside protection. You're not going to lose any of your principal. And if you've been um, consistently contributing to your 401k plan over the course of your entire career anyway, mm-hmm. we should be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, right? Absolutely. So we should be good to go. There it is there. Man. Did you just drop? Some, was that the cash register? That was the cash register. That? You said hundreds of millions of dollars. We wasn't going to the coin there. We was going Man. counting them dollars. Man, let me let me tell you something. I'm 52. There it is. And I wouldn't say that um, I uh, I wouldn't say that I've worked uh, any low wage jobs uh, more than uh, two months out of my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I went to college, and um, so I've always been in a good profession. I've always earned a pretty decent living. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but as a financial professional, um, comparing my career to all the other uh, clients that I've had, um, you know, a broad range of careers, there are very few clients that I've seen over my 52 years of living um, that um, did not have the opportunity to at least accumulate um, approximately 750 thousand to a million dollars in that 401k it all goes back to this whole thing about investing and managing your money is 80 percent behavior Mm -hmm. and 20 percent knowledge it's all about the discipline the reality of it is is people get into these jobs early on and they're young and they figure i can do it later on and people don't get serious about their retirement until they're probably in their mid to late 40s that's the reality of it and so now you know you're 12 years away from retiring and you're trying to play catch up mm-hmm. and uh in addition to you trying to play catch up you're trying to play catch up without taking any risks and it just doesn't work out and that's why we see so many of our people you know uh aunt betty and Uncle Joe them that are 65 and 70 every time we walk into an office building in the evening time or we're leaving for work at 5.30 p.m. They're the ones cleaning up those buildings. Working security. Doing all that stuff. Yeah. Be, those are, and, and, and not to, uh, you know, shame them or put them down. That's just the reality. And we see it repeating itself over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. that's why um, I've uh, had this whole I Got Sense uh, concept um, for over 20 years. I'm trying to share the knowledge and um, educate the people on um, how to uh uh, make money and then make their money make money for them. That's it. That's what it's all about, y'all. That's why we are here. Next question for you, Sean. Yes, sir. So we were talking about those who are nearing the age of retirement, right? Mm-hmm. Moving their money around. Some advice on the moves they should be making. Mm-hmm. What is the expectation for those who are about to retire and access their 401k? Like, is this something that they can live off of or do they retire and do something else? Well, you know, that's that's really, really going to depend. It's going to depend on their career. Mm-hmm. It's going to depend on how much they've accumulated in their 401k. And of course, that directly correlates back to um, how soon they started contributing, what they were contributing, what type of employee match they had, whether or not they were in high risk stuff. So all of those things are going to uh, culminate to uh, kind of really put them in a predicament where they have limited options or they have a whole bunch of options. Now, uh, with all of that being said, 
typically when you get to retirement and it's time to start drawing down on your retirement, most financial planners, most licensed investment advisors are going to advise you to first do an assessment on how much you're going to be eligible to draw for your Social Security. And with the Social Security, you know, um, if you start drawing it as soon as you're eligible around 62, you're going to be able to get 60 percent of what uh, you, you have available to you. Um, if you wait to 66, you'll be able to get 80%. If you wait to age 70, you'll be able to draw down the full 100% or whatever Social Security entitlement you get. So that's going to be the first thing. Take a look at when you're going to start drawing down Social Security. And um, once you get that number, um, then you can take a look at what's over in the 401k. And with the 401k, the general rule of thumb is draw down 3% per year. If you draw down 3% of your 401k per year, on average, you should be able to stretch that money out in that 401k for 12 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So it's really just depending on the amount that you have and the lifestyle that you want to live. Right. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. That has everything um, to do with it. And then also on the backside, just like we talk so much about these qualified accounts, uh, about how you uh, can't draw it down or you're not supposed to draw it down mm -hmm. until you're 59 and a half. Um, are you familiar with the term called um, RMD? No, what's that? It's an acronym. That's required minimum distribution. Guess what that means? That means that when you turn somewhere between 70 and a half and 72, if you have money in a retirement account, the government actually makes you start drawing it down. Mm. They because they want their money. Remember, this yeah. is pre-tax money. <laughs> they, they want their taxes. They want their piece of that money. So just like there's a um, a, a limit on when you can um, actually start drawing it down, there's actually uh, there's also a, a milestone in there where you have to take a minimum withdrawal. Um, out of that 401k and if you don't guess what the penalty is what's that 50% Jesus so <laughs> highway robbery at its finest but get but you know you can still come see your boy the yeah, I got sense investment is. advisor aka DJ, DJ Dividends you can come see me because if you're at the age of 70 and a half between 70 and a half and 72 and and and, and the drawdown date really is going to depend on when your birthday falls on the mm -hmm. calendar year and the IRS makes those determinations and they make judgments to it uh, periodically but if you're 70 and a half years old and you get forced with a required minimum distribution you can come see your boy you might have a grandchild that's in college mm-hmm you might have uh, someone um, that uh, is near and dear to you over at a nonprofit organization. You can actually coordinate to make that uh, required minimum um, distribution a charitable contribution um, over to a cause that you believe in, that you have passion for, and you can mitigate those taxes that way and actually get a, a tax credit that can be used to help lower your taxes um, rather than paying that 50% tax on it because you didn't take the required minimum distribution. Mm. How you like that information? See, I, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Hey, I had man. to drop that coin for him. <laughs> 
and 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 it sounds crazy, but um, I got a, a great friend that I grew up with. Uh, he's a CEO of the Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. in South Georgia. Um, Joey Matchett. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with him every year. Um, that dude gets over uh six figures uh every year of uh um elderly people that uh, are forced into this here R M D and um they make those uh contributions over to the boys and girls clubs instead of uh um so actually like paying a- that fifty percent tax on it. Wow. And I and, and even um, a couple of other people out here in California, I've worked with them um, as well, uh, with helping them uh, uh, deal with those uh, RMDs by uh, making charitable donations with them instead of drawing down the money. But that's a beautiful thing if you're seventy and a half years old and you still have enough money coming from other streams of revenue where right. you don't even need the money out of your four hundred one k plan. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So that's money that you're going to pass on uh, to your spouse or, you know, uh, your kids or whatever. And then when that money passes on, that's a whole nother tax implication um, because those kids have to make those decisions. And, of course, I want them to come see your boy, too, so I can help them out. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. DJ Dividends himself, a.k.a. the financial man with all the sense. Man, I'm trying to help y'all do what y'all supposed to do with the money. And then I'm trying to eat, too. You know what I'm saying? I heard that. (laughs) I heard that. My last question for you, Cheyenne. Yes, sir. What is an alternative towards investing in a 401k if you're an entrepreneur or you don't work for a corporation? Um, You still can set up a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they have one called uh, SCP, self-employed IRA. Um, Also, uh, the uh, other traditional things that we've talked about in the past, you can... um, um, start your own business. Mm-hmm. You can get set up in the real estate. Mm-hmm. So those are other ways for you to uh, generate income um, without being exposed to the stock market and being, you know, subjected to all these IRS rules as far as uh, minimum withdrawals. And, uh, you know, I can't bother my money till I'm 59 and a half. You can just put it in uh, different types of investments. But we do live in the United States. Um, and we rely on the federal, state, and local governments to provide us infrastructure and, you know, all these shared spaces and common services and needs like 911 and parks and wrecks and bridges and roads and highways and safety things, clean water, all that type of stuff. So uh, I'm saying all this to say that the government and the IRS, they're the biggest, they're the biggest gangsters in town. They're going to get they cut one way or the other. It doesn't right. really matter um, where you have your money at. Some um, investments uh, offer you a, a better uh, um, tax uh, percentage than others. Um, you can always strategize. There are a million different ways to, uh, you know, go about putting together a good stra- uh, tax strategy. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay Uncle Sam something. Mm. You're not upset about that, are you? Man, you know what? <laughs> Truth Man, be told, Uncle if, Sam. If I, I showed you for him, but. if I showed you some of these checks I sent Uncle <laughs> Sam this year, man, you might go steal an airplane and fly into one of them IRS buildings. Like I said. But that's a good thing. I love Monopoly. <laughs> and it has groomed me to understand that you won't have to pay up. You're going to have to pay your luxury tax, too. You're going to have to pay your taxes. Yeah. The IRS is, like you always say, the biggest gangsters. Yes, sir. 
So, but it's a great thing. I mean, despite some good stresses, despite what you might hear um, on television and the news, and when you uh, start looking at the uh, uh, details of Republicans fighting Democrats and mm-hmm. all that foolish stuff about um, where the taxes should be and who should pay what, yeah, and all that stuff. It's really a beautiful thing when you're doing so well um, in our country to where you've worked with your um, lawyers, you've worked with your uh, accountants and everyone, and everyone's done the very best they can in interpreting uh, the law and uh, getting your taxable income down as low as possible, mm-hmm. and you still have to write a check. Yeah, that's a good thing. That means you winning. Yeah, that's a real good thing. That's a good <laughs> yeah. stress. Bruh, I, that's a good stress. I, I stopped complaining way back in 1997. Bruh. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't complaining at all. Would I like to see uh, those taxes change? Would I like to pay less? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things and looking at everyone uh, next to me and my peers mm-hmm. around me um, when I have to write a check and send it over there to, uh, you know, the IRS, the state of California, mm-hmm. state of Georgia, whoever it be, um, it ain't that bad of a deal because that means I'm still up. That's it. I like that coin, that cash. Where's that money at? Talking about oh, that right that, there. That money right there. That, brother, that IRS said you talking good. about some. You owe me X amount of yes, money. Sir. You just pour out the cash. You know what? <laughs> I want the police to come over here. Hold on now. I, I Elaborate. Want, <laughs> I want the police to come over here with a warrant to have to come in here in this studio uh-huh. to ask us. Why in the hell do y'all need that money counter? That's the, <laughs> that's the kind of money I'm trying to get out of you, bro. Hey, keep it up. I we like gonna, that, we gonna get there. I like you know that money saying? counter right there, man. That's a beautiful thing over there. I like the Rick Ross's um on one of his songs, he had this this uh uh voiceover of a lady reiterating how much money he had in his account. Mm-hmm. It was like, you have one point two million dollars or something like that i'm mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to that day. yeah that's a good you know, thing i'm man. looking forward to that and you know day, I, so it's coming and i and i and i run into that uh not often but uh, a few times where you look at some clients and you say hey uh you know the banks only are gonna insure you up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars why do you have two commas in the bank and they's like, man, I done, I done done everything else. Yeah. I got the real estate. <laughs> I got the businesses going. We just I got chalk so it much, up to yeah, whatever it could be at this I point. Got, I got so much money coming. It's coming into my bank account quicker than I can do anything about it. I did and it the Tony know. Montana way. Got yeah. it bridged in the garage walls. <laughs> man, that's that's where we're trying to be. And with yeah. this podcast, we're sharing the knowledge and uh, educating the people and giving them the financial literacy they can be. I really want to see all our people get to this point, man. We're at the beginning of a new golden age. Yes, We're coming sir. out of this coronavirus. Um, the knowledge is there. Um, everything you need to know that you don't already know, it's a click away on the internet. That's it. There's no reason why we shouldn't collectively uh, come up as a race of people. And I hope this podcast is uh, contributing to that part of advancing the culture. And it ain't no competition, folks. You know, it's enough of the piece of the pie to go around for all of us, man. Two slices. Tell people. Two slices of pie. And maybe even thirds. (laughs) It's enough for all of us, bro. You know, we we are the people that's known for making a dollar 
out of 15 cents, man. There it is. Our creativity from the arts to the sports to film. We've made Shout all out this. KLE Creations. Bro, we've made it all out of nothing. You know what I'm saying? I came from nothing, bro. I came from the Brentwood Projects. I, ain't, I wasn't born like this, brother. I just did what I had to do. I put my head down. And the most important thing was is that I stopped letting the anger about slavery and the past get in the way of me actually integrating into mainstream society, learning the rules, mastering them rules, and then using those same rules to win the game. Mm. That's what it's about right there, man. That's it. That's beautiful. I don't want to start preaching on here, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a beautiful thing, though, man. I mean, it sounds like what you've done for yourself is got your mentality right. You got your mindset right. You create a plan. You stuck to it. And now you're doing the same for not only your family and next generation, but you're able to help other individuals such as myself. Exactly. And, and, and help me to do that for my family and, and generations to come. Right. So it's a blessing, brother. Yeah, I remember I was you. telling you about how when I was college and I was learning it, mm-hmm. but I hadn't mastered yet. Mm-hmm. My whole business was spoon-fed concepts. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I graduated, started working in big accounting firms and then got into graduate school and that light bulb went off, that's when I transitioned from spoon-fed concepts that I got since. And uh, it's been rolling ever since then, my brother. Hola, hola, hey. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling in this dough now. Yeah, I got one for you. You got the shell. Oh, yeah. 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 Paul, baby. <laughs> that's for Shine, y'all. That's for Shine. That's his anthem right there. That's Man, become that's me right his there, anthem. Well, Shine, is there anything else that uh, we should cover today in regards to the 401k? No, I think uh, we covered it all. The most important thing is, is if you um, are working, you have an employer um, that has an employee match, um, you can't afford not to participate in that 401k plan. Get in the plan. Um, even if you only can contribute 2 or 3% of your income, mm-hmm. contribute something. I would advise you to contribute whatever amount you need to to get the maximum match from your employer. And from there, um, get into some uh, um, good investments. The higher the risk, the younger you are, and let your money grow. And if you leave one employer, set you up a 401k plan at your new employer. If you don't have a new employer um, right away, you can always go set up the traditional IRA, roll your money into that. Do not cash that money out of your 401k, folks. Don't do it. Listen to your boy DJ Dividends. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, thank you for tuning in to our podcast. This is episode 17. Tune in next week to learn about the fine print, or I should say understanding the fine print between leasing or buying a car. I got a lot to say about this one, Sean. I got a lot to say. That's going to step on some more toes uh, like that term in whole life, man. Am I going to have to get security You taking shots at me or you trying to get me to speak a little bit no, more about my personal experience? No, not just you, bro, man. That, you know that that uh, term versus whole life insurance. Yeah, that's, that was That something. was the most controversial uh, podcast we've had to date. That really- Aside uh, from the ones we was calling out of the podcast, trying to, ro- 
trying to ride on him, who ride on him. Man, that wasn't me. That was somebody else, man. That wasn't me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for your support. Please do continue supporting our podcast. You can do so in a monetary way by providing a small monthly donation of a dollar to $10. This can be accessed by clicking the link in our Instagram or by going to our website and clicking the donate button. You can also support our podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel, by liking and sharing our videos. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please be sure to leave a review as this helps our podcast visibility under suggested podcasts for new listeners. And if you can't do none of those, what you can do is tell your mama, daddy, kids, aunties, uncles, cousins, grandparents, teachers, friends, employees, co-workers, barbers, the person that work at the store around the corner, the mailman, the mailwoman, your boss, your boss's boss, your boss's boss's boss, and anybody and everybody in between that they should be listening and tuning in to the I Got Sense podcast. Anything else, Sean? Man, everything you said over there, I'm really excited about this next podcast. You said we're going to do about cars, and um, I can't wait to come back and uh, talk about that stuff and uh, see what kind of things you're going to be sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking shots at me, y'all. You're going to be sitting on them things with me. <laughs> them 28s. <laughs> I ain't sitting on no 28s, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, till next episode, happy holidays. Hey, y'all, show me some love. Peace.